As we approach this last Sunday in January, for the last six or seven years, we have set this Sunday morning aside for a time when we would pray specifically for divine healing. We are a church that believes in the power of the name of Jesus. We are a church that believes that God's word is true and that by his stripes we were healed. Uh, one of the reasons that we have selected the last part of January, the last Sunday, is traditionally January has been a month of prayer, and many of our churches throughout our nation have been participating in the 21 days of, of prayer that we have uh, uh, participated in. I know a couple of weeks ago we went through a week of prayer, and so you figure that by the time you get to the end of January where many of you have been fasting and praying and many of you have gone through the week of prayer, that your faith is about as high as it can possibly get. What better day than that? to pray that God's healing would be displayed among us. We've been doing a series called I Need an Answer to Prayer. Today we're going to be specifically talking about the prayer of healing. And I want to read you Christ's mission statement as a prelude to our healing service today. And what will take place is after a few minutes of sharing some word, I'm going to uh, we're going to put some music on and invite our, our elders up to come and, and men and women and we will, we will be having you line up in the aisles uh, waiting for your opportunity to be prayed for as the Bible tells us to be, to be. Through the years we have seen God do miraculous things and not just on the last Sunday of January but he does things miraculously all the time but there are certain times and it's a focus for us. But in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and I'm reading this particular verse this morning from the New King James Version because I like the way that it flows. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed." Father, as we approach this service this morning, we recognize that we rely entirely upon you for every good gift. We have sung this morning, Lord, about the power of your name, how the earth shakes at the glory of your presence. And even now, I pray that you would prepare the hearts of your people to receive your word, that it would become a preparation of the soil of our life so that you can plant healing within us for your name's sake. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jack Hayford, who is a relatively well-known pastor in California, tells the story of his testimony that when he was born, he was born with a genetic deformity in his neck. The bones of his neck had twisted in such a way that the older he got, the worse it would become, and the doctors told his parents that ultimately he would die of asphyxiation because of the way his neck was twisted. They would take him to a doctor three times a week for five or six months for treatments, and the doctor would do his best to adjust the neck in order that he could continue to breathe well, but he continued to tell them that this is not going to end well for your son. Jack's parents were not Christians at the time, and, but his aunt had heard of a Pentecostal church that was praying for people who were sick and that God was doing some miraculous things. And so she took a piece of paper and wrote down on a note the condition of Jack. Just wrote it down. 
And she went to the door of the church on a Wednesday morning and knocked on it. And the people that were there opened the door. And she said, I don't know how you do it, but I've heard that God seems to answer prayers here. And here's a note of my nephew. Would you be willing to pray for him? That night when they gathered together to pray, they took that note. That's all they had to go by. And they began to pray for a little boy who had a neck condition that was seemingly surgically repairable. The next morning, Jack's parents woke up and began to notice that things had changed in the demeanor of his neck and bone structure. They began to take him to the doctor, and the doctor looked at this boy and told him, I don't know how to describe it, but your baby as well. There is nothing wrong with him. And not only did the doctor declare that he was structurally well, the doctor said, please don't pay me because I didn't do anything. This had to be from God. Shortly after that, Jack Hayford's parents went to the church that had prayed for him and received Jesus Christ. And then when he got a little bit older... He woke up one morning and was unable to walk, stood out of his bed and fell down. A a weakness had developed in his leg and they took him to the doctor and the doctor set him on the chair and took that little hammer that you all know so well, whacked him on the knee and nothing happened. He had contracted polio. The doctor told them, you need to rush your son over to the hospital immediately. They said, We will do that, but on our way to the hospital, we're going to stop at our church. And they called their pastor, who was Dr. Watson Tiford, and they said, we've just received bad news that our son has polio. What would you like us to do? And he said, come on by the church. The elders will be here. We will anoint him with oil, and we will pray for him. And so that's what they did, even though the doctor was yelling at them to get him to the hospital as quickly as possible. They stopped by the church, the pastor and the elders anointed him with oil and prayed for him. And Jack's parents said, what should we do now? We were on our way to the hospital. He says, you know what? He said, take him home and let him take a nap. He said, he's, don't, don't make him walk right now because he's so filled with fear because every time he's tried to walk for a little while, he's fallen down. So let him go home and take a nap. And when he wakes up from the nap, he will jump out of bed like any normal boy does, forgetting that he had fallen, and God will heal him. And that's exactly what happened. He says, it's important to note that when God healed me the first time, my parents were not believers, but the church prayed anyway. After the healing, God began to touch my family, and then I began to recognize that God had a plan for me because of the way that he had touched me. God used that healing to glorify his name and as a confirming sign that there is power in the name of Jesus. Sooner or later, in some way or another, everyone needs God's intervention. Whether we face a physical psychological or spiritual challenge, something will come our way that cannot be remedied by the advances of science or medicine or therapy. And no matter what the circumstances are, we can always turn to the author of life and seek his help. I carry with me this morning a strong conviction that God works on every front to bring people to a knowledge of just how powerful his name is in the hands of believing people and that he desires to do things so that his name will be made great. He gives wisdom. He gives 
thoughtfulness and discernment when he works through the therapists and the counselors. He gives anointing to his ministers and to his elders. He grants enlightenment to the paramedic and the nurses and the doctor. He gives insights into all who work to help people experience psychological, spiritual, and physical healing. And we ask, why does he do that? Because God loves you unconditionally. And he cares about what's going on in your life. Now, I will never suggest to you that God heals every person who prays for a physical miracle just the way you think he should. But I will tell you that our God will always answer your prayer by offering you answers, solutions, remedies, or open doors to those who seek him. God will answer when we call. I believe that healing is also not just a physical phenomenon. It is spiritual. It is psychological. And it is interpersonal. God desires to touch every aspect of our life. Within your bulletin this morning is a very short outline that you may want to follow along. And again, this week, as I have the last couple of weeks, I have a list of prayers that may help you as you are praying for others or perhaps even for yourself that we will go through. But let me start off by giving you some biblical examples of God answering prayer, the prayer of healing within the Bible. It is the most prominent prayer in Scripture. People sought God's healing more than 75 times in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Genesis chapter 20, verse 17, Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his slave girls so that they could have children again. Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds or by his stripes we were healed. Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those who suffered severe pain, and the demon-possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed, and he healed them. Mark 4, verses 41 and 42. He took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talatha kuam, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Mark chapter 8, verses 23 through 25. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. He spit on his eyes and put his hands on him. And Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people and they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hand on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Luke 17, 12 through 14, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. At a distance, they cried out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Five important lessons stand out from these verses. Number one, God healed people to glorify himself. What he will do in you, he's not doing to lift you up. 
he's doing to lift his own name up. Secondly, God's healing power not only touched the physical body, it also touched the psychological and the spiritual impact of a human being as well. Thirdly, at times, the Lord's response came immediately. And others, his response came through a process. Fourth, God healed people because he had a destiny for them to fulfill. Fifthly, those who sought God's healing were genuine and sincere in their petitions. If you need healing today, we are going to pray for you in just a few minutes. And I ask that when you come, your desire would be that the name of the Lord would be glorified in what he will do within you. And if you are asked to pray for healing for others, here is a prayer that may help you as you get started. Lord, I submit my life and heart to your will. I ask you to heal my body and remove the source of this sickness. Bring me comfort. Rejuvenate every one of my cells. Provide your clear solution to the ailment that is affecting my body, soul, and spirit so that I can have so that I can live life and not just survive it. Restore every area of my being and help me to recognize when your solution comes. I place my life in your hands and reject the enemy's attack upon this temple of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Secondly, I believe that the power of God has come to heal spirit, soul, and body. For the purpose of this message today, we will assume that humans are trichotomous. That is, we were made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. In fact, in Hebrews 4.12, we have scriptural confirmation of this when it says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit the joints and the marrow. So right there we have that the fact that the Word of God separates and can work in all three parts. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. Some of you today need to experience God's healing in your spirit. Your spirit consists of conscience, your creativity, your intuition, or your spiritual sensitivity. Some of you have wondered, why is it that I do not seem to be able to hear from God? Why is it that my devotions seem to be lifeless? What is it about my spirit that seems to be growing numb? And today the Lord wants to heal your spirit. Some of you need a, a touch in your soul, which consists of your psychology, your emotions, your intellect, and your will. And some of you need a touch in body, which consists of ge your genetics, your molecular structure, and the chemical compounds. Because these are entwined... There are many times in our lives when we experience a sickness in one area that affects the other areas as well. It leeches out and touches them all. And today some of you need to be healed from spiritual affliction because it has begun to destroy your faith and you have started to allow sinful patterns into your life that you have begun to embrace. In Romans chapter 1 verse 28 said, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain a knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what not ought to be done. And then in verses 29 through 32 begins to list some of those things. Saul is a perfect example for us in the Bible of someone who had pushed aside God's rule and pushed aside God's will and his word in his life, and he became completely deaf to the voice of the Lord because he had ignored God so many times. An evil spirit robbed him of his peace, and eventually not even David's harp 
was able to bring soothing remedy to his spirit. And sadly, he never realized God's spirit has left him. When I see in the scripture that in the last days the love of many will wax cold, and I also see that in the last days he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, it indicates to me that there is a spiritual sickness that has begun to invade the people of God where we begin to grow cold to his presence and grow cold to the knowledge of his will or what he wants to do. I want you to know if that's you today, there's healing for your spirit. God can reignite the fire of your heart and can bring you to a place where he can do a work within you. So here's a prayer that can help you. Lord, I have allowed my circumstances to affect my ability to choose between right and wrong. I do not want my conscience to be seared. I want to be righteous in your sight. I will yield my will and accept yours from this moment forward. Help me to see your direction and to follow through with your agenda. I purposefully turn from the evil patterns I have embraced so that I can be clean before you. Heal my spiritual iniquities and bring healing to my spirit. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you need healing for your soul today. This pertains to God's touch upon your motions and the way that we think. I've spoken to some who have carried pain within their spirit for years and some of them for decades. Bitterness, envy, a lack of forgiveness that has metastasized and become a self-hatred. These are the poisons that we drink hoping it will cause pain in someone else. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart, that word for heart may also be interpreted as soul, is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I want you to know that our emotions can be misleading. They can cause us to lose faith. I have had conversations, Cindy and I, with many people through the years that because of the circumstances that they were going through, they looked at it through the prism of because I'm going through it, this, it must mean that God doesn't care for me anymore. And as a result of that, it became a direct attack on their faith. And so they begin to withdraw from the one person who was capable of helping them because their soul became infected. There's a story in the Bible about a man who fell into depression because of his sickness. King Hezekiah succeeded his father as the king of Israel, and he ruled with an honest heart, and he was an upright man. And we would look at someone like that and say, they deserve good things because we have this basic sense of fairness that we work within. But over time, he became ill to the point of death, and the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to him with a sobering message. Make sure your affairs are in order because you're going to die and you will not recover. Now, those are not the words you want to hear when you're already depressed. Because Hezekiah in his mind had thought, I have been obedient to God. I deserve better than this, which is exactly what we think when we go through things that make no sense to us. He began to respond very emotionally and he was devastated. The Bible says he turned his face to the wall. He didn't want anybody to see him, and he prayed, and he goes, Oh, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly in devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And then with a broken heart, he rested his head against the wall, and he wept bitterly. His illness was affecting his soul and his spirit, and 
Hezekiah needed physical and psychological and a spiritual miracle to get through all of this. The prophet Isaiah hadn't even left the premises yet when suddenly the word of the Lord came to him and told him to go back to Hezekiah with a new message. And so Isaiah returned back into the court where the king had just been leaning against a wall in absolute depression and discouragement, crying his eyes out. And as he comes back in, the king quickly wipes his eyes and tries to look like he hasn't been in anguish. And Isaiah the prophet opened his mouth and said, this is what the Lord The God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And I will heal you. How many of you are glad today that God has heard your prayers and seen your tears? Because he will heal you. The third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. And I will add 15 years to your life. And just as a little extra, I'll deliver to you the city from the hands of the king of Assyria and I'll defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David so I'm just giving you a little extra to the blessing of years now you would think that after having received news like that that Hezekiah would run out and begin to rejoice in great joy at everything that God had done but let me tell you something when your illness leads you to depression sometimes even God's word you don't take it value I have said this before at funerals. I believe that there are times in our life when God's word is like a time-release capsule more than an instant antiseptic. It's something that you just have to keep ingesting so that it can begin to leach into the fibers of your being. And sometimes we have tried to use Scripture to those who are hurting and say, if you'll just apply this, you'll be all well. Let me tell you something. Sometimes your soul is so deep in, in the pit that it needs a little bit more than a quick verse to dig you out Hezekiah the same prophet that told him your life is going to end came back and said God changed his mind he's going to give you 15 years but he he didn't receive it immediately in fact he asked for more signs because he was so hurting so deep inside and you would think that the prophet could have looked at him and said what more of a sign do you need you're not going to die tomorrow But there was compassion in him, and he said, okay. And the sign that was given was when the shadow on the sundial moved the other way. God is concerned with our emotional healing. And to release the emotional stronghold, some of you need to offer forgiveness to people that you have just been hanging on to this for years, hoping that the sickness it was causing you wouldn't damage you long term. I want you to know there is emotional healing available to you if you will let the affliction go. Many people will experience physical healing as they experience spiritual healing and psychological healing because of the way that these affect us as individuals. And there's scriptural foundation for this that's found in James chapter 5, verse 16. Notice these words. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. In other words, unburden yourself. Unburden yourself with each other. Some of you have held these things in for so long, and the Lord's saying, today is the day to unburden yourself. And then look what happens after that. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you see the connection? So pray for healing of the soul, and here's a way that you may do that. 
Lord, if I have gained favor in your eyes, touch every facet of my being. I want to be a righteous, faithful person who's free from the emotional poison of anger and indignation. Help my unbelief. I ask you to show me your love. Help me to see that you are with me. I release my resentment and bitterness toward everyone who has hurt or offended me. Heal my soul and spirit and bring whatever physical remedies are necessary so that I can be completely restored in my, in my body. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And some of you today need to experience healing in your body. Some afflictions come and go. Others stay with us a lifetime. Some people are genetically predisposed to physical problems. Others are easily affected by a new environment. Some of you, all you have to do is simply walk by a pastry shop and smell the aroma and you will gain five pounds. Others of you can eat what you want for 40 years and it will have absolutely no effect. That's just not right. But I have news for you. You will all get old. You will all get old. God may heal you today, but you're still going to get old. And for those of you who thought this was going to be full of good news, this is not our home. We're just passing through. Some of you need a physical miracle today which reverses the effect of a cellular mutation in your body. Some of you need healing from chemical imbalance. Some of you were born with a faulty genetic code that you need God to reprogram. Some of you have a virus or infection or bacteria that you need God to touch you today. And I want you to know that God uses all means possible to bring healing into your life. He uses the advances in science. He uses great medicines. He uses wonderful minds. And at times he said, I'll take care of this, and he just yells, be healed! And it's done in the power of his name. But whether we go to a doctor or fall on our knees, we need faith to believe that the remedy that he provides to us is from him because nothing is done without the hand of God being involved with it. Many of you who've grown up in church know the story of the woman who had had an issue of blood and she had wasted all the money she had. Science could do nothing for her. She was at her wit's end and she had heard that Jesus was in town. And so with what little energy she had, this anemic woman begins to fight her way through the crowd and in the middle of all of this, she finally gets close enough where she falls down and she touches his clothes because she knew if all I can do is touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. Jesus stops because he recognizes that something of his virtue, his nature, he knew when something had drained from him into her, and he turns around and she stands and addresses him. And he says to her, your faith has made you whole. Here's what we learn from that. Many times God chooses to bless and heal in spite of our erroneous thinking or misguided theology. You see, healing didn't reside in the clothes of Jesus. When she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, she wasn't saying that if his clothes contain healing. That's not what she was saying. He responds to our faith, not our touch. 
The power of God is released when we put our trust in him. And the woman came to Jesus expecting something extraordinary to happen. She knew a new chapter in her life would begin at her moment of healing. I believe that when God brings healing to you, it's because he's got a new chapter for you. And he wants to use you in ways perhaps you had never thought of before. So if you find yourself in a place this morning where you need a physical miracle in your body, and to date there have been no solutions, I want to encourage you because today we're going to agree with you in prayer. And if you're praying for yourself or for others, here's a prayer for healing for your body that perhaps you could use. Lord, if there is anything sinful that separates us at this moment, please forgive me so that I can be in good standing with you. I ask that you heal my body from every source of disease and defect. I recognize that you are all-powerful and control all the elements. I receive your divine healing and intervention. I reject any diabolical plans the enemy has for my body. May my genetic code and molecular structure align itself with the will of God at this moment. May every virus, infection, and bacteria be stricken from my body in the name of Jesus. And I thank you because I know that you provide answers and solutions. Help me to recognize your answer when it comes. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.